So we decided to still do the event and oh, it was bad. <laughs> so we're there in this huge field and there was probably under 50 people that showed up. I mean, we have so many vendors. We've got a great band that's lined up and we only have probably like 50 people. And then it's just started pouring down rain. So the next day we, we used the small event center that the venue had and the audience was the vendors. It was us. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined by Halima Yates. Halima is the CEO and founder of Lovemark, a coaching company providing transformative workshops, events, and multimedia productions on self-empowerment. Most recently, she has taken her experience and she has self-published a book called Dissolving the Anchor, Untethering Dysphoria and Self-Doubt, to create an empowered life. But she also had very few people show up to her music festival, and it also got rained on. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show, I wanted to say thank you for all the ways you offer support, whether that's leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend or family member, or going and supporting me directly on Patreon. That's a huge help. It takes a lot of money, time, and energy to make this show happen. So you can go to patreon.com slash alexwilliams. Remember, Williams is W-I-L-L-I-A-M-N-S. That's patreon.com slash alexwilliams. Or just click the first link in the show notes and it'll take you right there. Enjoy the show. Halima Yates, ready to talk about another one of your broken bulbs? Yes, I am. Thank you again for having me, Alex. I'm stoked to have you back today. We're talking about you co-owning a company, which I feel like whenever I hear the word co-owning, it comes along with like, uh, you know, the dun 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 dun, like <laughs> evil, ominous. Oh no, here's a broken bulb coming up. So tell us about this story here. Yes. Oh, okay. So co-owning this event planning company it was with my husband it was my boyfriend at the time but we worked with a friend of his and he co-owned it with us and to say the least all of us did not work well together and it was what caused our first music festival to fail so yeah let me tell you what happened <laughs> we decided to work together first because of the different experiences and skill sets that we had to offer and so we just thought you know we would make a good team um, the thing is, is our work ethics and our personalities did not mesh well <laughs> together at all. Um, so none of us were putting in the hours that were needed in order to organize a festival, which is a ton of work. I don't know if you've ever done that or know people who have done it, but it is a lot of work to organize a festival. And we were going in with um, some experience with event planning and being a part of festivals. So we were thinking, yeah, let's do this. We can do this. And we went in this with this mindset of like, we create the next Woodstock. <laughs> we ended up getting uh, this venue that was huge and we were just so excited about it, but there's so many problems that were involved. So in addition to not all of us putting in the right hours to organize a film festival, um, some deals were being made that when they when we were considering booking bands, accepting vendor applications, and hiring crew members that weren't being shared with everyone in the group, so that that wasn't a good thing. Um, we were also just arguing so much; it even happened in front of volunteers. Um, so that's definitely don't want to be doing that. But the event, it was just 
we just made so many bad choices. We picked a date that wasn't when college students would be in town and they were actually our target audience. And we also picked a time where it typically rains that weekend. And so it just the date that we picked and the, the weather with it being an outdoor event, that was um, pretty scary to try, try and do something like that. And so the tickets weren't selling. We had a high price for those tickets. They weren't selling. And we just kept on going. We just went on with blind faith that, you know, people will pay later or they'll pay at the door. And so we just kept going. And then uh, it ended up where my husband's friend decided to leave the company. And this was about a week or maybe two weeks before the event. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) And so because my husband and I, we were just like, you know what? We started this thing. We have sponsors who, you know, believed in us and who, you know, gave us money. And then we have people who have bought tickets. So we need to honor them. Let's just keep pushing forward. So we decided to still do the event. And it was bad. (laughs) So we're there in this huge field. And there is probably under 50 people that showed up. I mean, we have so many vendors. We've got a great band that's lined up and we only have probably like 50 people. And then it's just started pouring down rain and that prevented more people from showing up. I mean, it was pouring down hard and it just got so cold outside. And we're just like, okay, a solution to this is let's get everybody to get their cars and drive up to the stage. And so we wanted to make sure people could be warm, you know, and not be (laughs) suffering. So we had them pull up their cars and it looked like a drive-in theater. Um, And actually with the pandemic, you got to see that people started doing with some events, you know, like with the election and stuff like that with politicians. But um, before then, never, you know, uh, driving theaters was the only thing where I saw events where people had their cars um, there. So that was a solution to that. But it was it was just so bad. And, and the next day it was a two day event. So the next day we, we used the small event center that the venue had and the audience was the vendors. It was us. It was the volunteers. It was the staff. So it was just it was honestly just a miserable time, but it just learn so much from that event. One thing I learned is we should have got weather insurance. (laughs) We even had the opportunity to get that up up to like the day before the event, but we didn't do it because we were just like, oh, that's going to take out the rest of the money we have in our account. So we didn't do it. And instead of spending hundreds of dollars, it left us thousands of dollars in debt. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it is horrible. And this event happened seven years ago, and my husband and I are still paying off that debt. <laughs> but the good thing is we the, what's, what we're doing now, we should be able to pay everything off this year. So we're hoping like by the end of this year, we should have everything paid off. We've planned everything out and looked at what needs to be paid off and what we're doing now, we should be able to pay everything off. But um, yeah, I had to get my mom and my sister to help pay for some bands. Um, the sponsorship was great, but we were paying out of pocket and using credit cards. So what I learned from that event is one, that we can organize the event. So that was great. But be aware of who you're working with. Make sure that um, you guys are on the same page or, or what do they want out of this event? What are their goals? Can you trust them? What is their work ethic? Are they going to you know, how hard are they going to work? So um, it's important to be aware of that. And I had a, to take accountability for me. I was in such a place where I was uh, just not happy with everything that was going on with all the chaos and the financial strain while we were organizing this event, that I wasn't a good person to be around after a while. And I ha- 
unfortunately, I was demanding to our volunteers, even if they were my employees, I had no right to be disrespectful in any way, asking them to handle tasks. Um, yeah, no matter how much I expect, like, the best of myself and others, like I needed to be aware of how my words and my actions were impacting people. So it taught me to be aware of how I approach people, how I interact with people, um, how I can be a better team player to listen and hear other ideas. Um, and it also it taught me how to learn um, to manage challenges, how to solve issues, how to be prepared for what can come about, what obstacles we may face, and then how I can be able to get through those challenges. So I learned, so this was a very expensive life lesson. <laughs> I think those are the, sometimes the ones that stick with us the most and that, <laughs> that make us remember it. And we've actually had uh, another guest on the show before. If people want to tune in to episode 69 and 108, Carrie Blue, uh, this, uh, he, he's a, an artist in New York City and he, he set up uh he sets up music festivals as well and he worked himself sick doing it oh. and and so exactly exactly what you you're saying as soon as you're like yeah we're doing a music festival i'm thinking yeah that is a lot of work a lot <laughs> and a lot of work and then you know in this case it went wrong and then it went wrong again and then it went wrong again and you're still making that recovery but you're still learning those lessons and growing from it, which I love. We did the event again next, the following year. <laughs> so the reason why, the reason why is because we learned so much from that event that this time we wanted to do it smarter. So we ended up, we ended up using a smaller venue or a venue that was more affordable. Let me say, um, it was still an outdoor event. We actually still had some um, vendors participate in this event. We got some new vendors. We made it very interactive. We we had games. We had um, like trivia stuff that we did throughout the event. We we just made it so much more fun. We made it a, a free event. We made it for a family. It, it was a family event that was free, and um, it was a, it was a great success. So I am so happy that we used what we learned from that event to do it better or smarter the second time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. I, and it's, sometimes it's not about what specifically you're doing, but maybe more how you're doing it. And of course, at the end of every episode, I like to hear more of what's working for you. So tell me about your book and the rest of the work and where we can go to find you. Yeah, so with life lessons that I've had and, and with all the with all, everything that I learned from having that company with event planning, it taught me so much. And so I've used everything I've learned in my life to do what I do now. Um, so right now I own a company called Lovemark, spelled L-U-V-M-R-K. And it's a coaching company that guides people to value themselves and others. We're based in Denver, Colorado, but we work with clients nationally and internationally where we provide self-empowerment workshops to foster social, emotional, and mental wellness. We also provide diversity, equity, inclusion training in order to endorse humanizing perceptions of each other to cultivate and uphold respectful, inclusive, and equitable environments. And because of this company and, and doing the work that I do with that, it had me realize how to finish a book that I started a long time ago with, with everything that, I, that I've experienced in my life and with, with the company that I've had. Um, I was 
ready to know how to write this book and how to create it in a way that would be effective to the reader. So I self-published a book called Dissolving the Anchor, Untethering Dysphoria and Self-Doubt to Create an Empowered Life. And with this book, I use narrative, poetry, and art that was commissioned from artists worldwide, where it gives you a, a real raw look at the experiences that I had that caused my negative self-image, low self-esteem, uh, substance use, suicidal ideation, and then how I came out of that struggle to then um, shift my mindset to where I finally valued myself and I was stopping my self-sabotaging behavior and I was making choices that that had me create a life that I wanted, that I could enjoy, and I was living a life that I chose and that I continue to choose throughout my adulthood. I just want to do what I can to use my experience and any advice that I have to offer to guide people to be aware of um, being able to emotionally heal, know that they matter, and that they are able to manage and overcome adversities. I love it, and I'm going to have links to that and everything else that you're up to down in the show notes. And with that, I just want to say a huge thank you for joining me once again. Thank you for having me, Alex. This was great. And thank you for listening. Lesson one, be on the same page as your partners. I can't count how many broken bulbs have involved poor communication with good partners or just poor partners altogether. Lesson two, weather insurance, even metaphorical. We're going to be faced with the unforeseen. So how can you be prepared for that? Lesson three, whatever you experience, let it teach you. Let yourself grow from these broken bulbs. I mean, that's what this show is all about, right? Special thank you to Halima for joining me and being willing to talk about her broken bulbs. Be sure to check out her work, including her book, Dissolving the Anchor, which I've linked down in the show notes. And... If you want to support Broken Bulbs and you've already left us a review and shared the show with a friend or family member who you think might get something out of it, you can go the extra mile and visit our Patreon page. That is patreon.com slash alexwilliams. Here you'll get access to bonus content for Broken Bulbs, but also bonus content for the other things that I do as well. It's kind of an all-in-one support Alex and get a ton of cool stuff in return, including a postcard from yours truly as a thank you. Now, Halima also previously featured on episode 111, so be sure to send that episode some love as well. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecca Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Fine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.